Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every town has a dark side. Dulce, New Mexico, located in the southwestern region of the U.S., has a population of fewer than 3,000 people, and it's comprised almost entirely of Native Americans. This former logging town in Rio Arriba County would appear very unremarkable to anyone passing through. Dulce doesn't have a Starbucks or a McDonald's. In fact, there aren't even any traffic lights. Just a handful of convenience stores and small mom-and-pop restaurants. A casino there helps stir the town's economy, but that's its biggest attraction, at least on the surface. See, Dulce is something in town that makes it shockingly unique. A jointly operated human and alien underground facility that's allegedly hidden under Archuleta Mesa on the Colorado-New Mexico border. It's called the Dulce Base, and alien conspiracy theories about its existence abound, and for good reason. Hey guys, I'm Andrew Fitzgerald, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Every Town, featuring the mystery of Dulce Base in New Mexico. It's been theorized that this top-secret underground facility is home to scores of alien visitors to Earth who cooperate with the U.S. military and mutually beneficial experiments conducted on human beings. Allegedly, in exchange, alien technology is provided to the U.S. government And today, you'll hear the accounts of researchers, scientists, and witnesses, as well as non-believers, relating to one of the most extraordinary alien conspiracy theories to date. The existence of alleged underground military facilities dates back to the time of the Cold War. A period of geopolitical tension between the U.S. and the Soviet Union 
together with their respective allies that broke out in 1947, just as the Second World War ended. Driven primarily by concerns of nuclear war with the Soviet Union, the U.S. government sought to build a number of secret underground facilities. Congress established the United States Atomic Energy Commission, or AEC, as an agency that fosters and controls the peacetime development of atomic science and technology. In its September 1950 report, The Effects of Atomic Weapons, the AEC stated, There are apparently no fundamental difficulties in constructing and operating underground various types of important facilities. Such facilities may be placed in a suitable existing mine, or a site may be excavated for the purpose. Thus, construction of deep underground military bases began with the purpose to store nuclear weapons from the Manhattan Project, an American-led research and development undertaking during World War II that produced the first nuclear weapons. The underground complexes were built deep inside mountain ranges. In June of 1947, construction of the Manzano Base started. It was the subsidiary installation of the Sandia Base, located on the southeastern edge of Albuquerque. Operations at the Manzano Base, also referred to as Site Able, commenced on April 4, 1950, with its major facilities completed by 1961. It was a top-secret project designated as a nuclear weapons storage facility from 1952 to 1972. Construction crews carved out tunnels and blast-proof underground steel vaults with reinforced concrete and steel bunkers throughout the Manzano Mountains. Inside the complex, steel gates protected a hallway containing four chambers guarded with heavy safe doors. Then, also in the late 1940s, the U.S. Air Force built West Fort Hood, or Site Baker, as an underground weapons storage area in Killeen, Texas. The tunnel corridors were tightly secured and spread throughout the complex where rooms of various sizes that are still to this day equipped with steel rails for overhead cranes. And of course, there's the no longer top secret Area 51, the highly classified United States Air Force facility in the southern Nevada desert near Groom Lake. So then, where does the alleged Dulce base in New Mexico fit into the scheme of things? Site Base Complex, also called Site Beta, is claimed to be ground zero for the most extensive reptilian and gray alien base in America, established underneath Archuleta Mesa, a steep flat top mountain overlooking the town of Dulce. Some believe that the seven story underground complex was once buzzing with experiments such as cloning, mind control experiments, human and animal crossbreeding, and chip implantation. Its multi-level structure purportedly had designated areas for genetic and mind control experiments and for cryogenetic storage. 
Likewise, Dulce Bay served as the hub of an underground transportation system linked to other alien bases. Assuming that it was a tightly guarded military base, how did the theory arise that Dulce Base was a hub for aliens conducting experiments with humans as subjects? Well, for one, Dulce townsfolk were staunch believers of UFOs, having experienced countless sightings and encounters. 78-year-old Geraldine Julian, who claimed to have seen multiple UFOs and other strange activities starting in the 1960s, said, The whole town of Dulce, whoever you want to talk to, they'll tell you what they've seen. A lot of them. Then in the mid-1970s, speculation of alien activity at the base intensified when former New Mexico State Police Trooper Gabe Valdez documented unexplained cattle mutilations in the area, although the evidence left behind didn't come from outer space. He publicly stated in a radio interview that the evidence found wouldn't be expected from an alien predator. Gas masks, glow sticks, and radar chaff. But the most anomalous evidence he came across while investigating was found about 40 miles east of Dulce. Valdez told a UF researcher, We could tell where the aircraft came through. They didn't do the whole process, and they left a fetus inside the animal. It looked like a human, a monkey, and a frog. It didn't have any bones in the head. It was all full of water. When asked by the researcher if it meant the cow was used as an incubation chamber for a clone creature, Valdez affirmed that's exactly what he thought. Perhaps Valdez let the cat out of the bag without really intending to, but after this, more and more people began coming forward with their stories. And while some may seem outlandish, and quite possibly are, where there's smoke, there's fire, so something secret is almost certainly happening in Dulce. One of the more prominent figures related to the base conspiracy theories was Paul Benowitz Jr., a wealthy businessman who was in his early 50s when he first came out with revelations about the area. He owned Thunder Scientific Labs, an electronics firm subcontracted by Kirtland Air Force Base located in Albuquerque, the largest installation in Air Force Global Strike Command. As a private contractor, Benowitz supplied parts, but wouldn't know their intended use by the Air Force. In the 1970s, he was living in the affluent Four Hills area of Albuquerque, overlooking the Kirtland Air Force Base, so he was somewhat aware of the activities going on there. And Benowitz wasn't just an astute businessman, but also a committed UFO investigator. Living in New Mexico, where alleged UFO sightings have become common, only fed his enthusiasm for the unknown, and in 1979, he began monitoring anomalous lights over the Manzano Test Range in Albuquerque. By August of 1980, he had witnessed and photographed several UFOs over the Manzano Weapons Storage Area and Kirtland Air Force Base. 
At the same time, Benowitz became embroiled with a presumed alien abduction case of New Mexico resident Myrna Hansen and her son. The case was investigated by University of Wyoming psychology professor Leo Sprinkle, who convinced Myrna and her son to undergo regressive hypnosis therapy. In the sessions, the entranced mother and son claim that while driving, they witnessed the mutilation of cattle by aliens. Then they were abducted, taken to an underground location, and later released back to their car. Benowitz was convinced that the Hansen story was true, so he dug deeper and eventually asserted that an extensive network of UFO bases existed in the area. Based on his research and eyewitness accounts, he eventually came to the conclusion that one, people abducted by aliens were being tagged with implants and tracked. Two, a secret underground base, which he termed Dulce Base, was located under the Archuleta Peak in northwestern New Mexico. Three, the cattle mutilations were connected to the Sandia National Labs, and four, the gray people were responsible for the abduction and insertion of implants in their human captives. In 1982, the UFO believer started sharing his ideas about Dulce Base to his colleagues in the UFO community. But going public about his claims became more difficult after he caught the attention of the United States Air Force Office of Special Investigations, or AFOSI. What followed was a complex campaign of disinformation after UFO researcher Bill Moore was recruited by AFOSI to keep the government in the loop by supplying information about Benowitz's ongoing UFO investigations. But this didn't deter Benowitz from pursuing the truth. As a member of the Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization, or APRO, he started writing Project Beta, detailing a plan to successfully infiltrate Dulce Base. After two years of research and investigation, Benowitz then gave an overview of his stakeouts and intelligence reports he had gathered. He also asserted that the gray aliens were devious entities that employed deception and didn't adhere to agreements. To Benowitz's dismay, APRO discredited Project Beta and even regarded the author as a deluded paranoid. In fact, it was APRO's director Bill Moore who informed the UFO community that Benowitz had been admitted to a mental health facility three times after suffering severe delusional paranoia and had pushed Moore into a mental breakdown by feeding him false information about aliens. The so-called Benowitz affair became a hot controversy within the UFO community and it's believed to have been the cause of APRO's dissolution in 1988. A year later, Moore confessed to supplying the Air Force and other individuals with information about the activities of Benowitz. And following the blowout, the businessman, once passionate about alien investigation, became a recluse. And he died on June 23, 2003. 
Benowitz's opportunity to shed more light about Dulce Bay's may have been crushed, but he had laid some groundwork and the theories kept coming as more people clamored for their stories to be heard. One of those people was the late Philip Schneider. Some of the most vivid revelations about the base came from Philip Schneider, who claimed to be an explosives engineer who had worked on several underground installations. The most interesting part of his job description was the work he did for the U.S. government under high-level security clearance. He was born on April 23, 1947, to U.S. Navy Commander Otto Schneider, who was himself involved in high-level operations such as Operation Crossroads. In the late 70s, the younger Schneider was hired by construction company Morrison Knudsen for a classified job in New Mexico and perhaps being a son of a U.S. naval intelligence officer helped him win the job of developing a subterranean base that was located near Dulce. But according to Schneider, something went wrong one fateful day in 1979. Schneider and his co-workers were constructing the base using monster drills and were examining the caves near the underground base when they unintentionally fell upon a man-made, or at least something-made, cave. Inside, there were creatures that Schneider called tall greys, standing around seven feet. When they came face to face with one another, the unfamiliar beings allegedly started firing weapons and the incident became known as the 1979 Dulce Wars. The superior technology of the aliens obliterated the humans, killing 57 people, leaving only three alive, one of which was Snyder. His tale, akin to an alien horror flick, included details of him facing the gray aliens head-on and killing two of them. Luckily, a U.S. Green Beret helped him escape, but he was seriously injured when a radiation-loaded weapon was blasted at him, blowing off his two left fingers and leaving a scar that ran down from the top of his throat to below his belly button. Some people attested Schneider had another scar that ran from under his ribs up and across his chest. But just like Paul Benowitz, Schneider soon slipped into oblivion for a while, resurfaced in the mid-1990s as a lecturer about the Dulce base. Despite suffering from chronic lower back pain, osteoporosis, and multiple sclerosis, he went on tour speaking about the government cover-ups, black projects, and UFO phenomena. Schneider believed that during the attack in 79, the plasma blast that hit him on the chest caused a carcinogenic reaction. But he persevered and dedicated the last two years of his life making people understand what truly transpired during the Dulce Wars. However, skeptics were quick to dispute Schneider's claims, of course. They found fault in his statement that he had worked for the U.S. government for 17 years, yet retired at age 34. So, truly, how could Schneider have started working for the government as a 17-year-old teen? Then, his former roommate revealed that Schneider previously disclosed he lost his fingers while working in eastern Oregon as a lineman. 
None of Schneider's claims have ever been validated, and he carried them to his grave when he died on January 17, 1996. Heart attack was initially believed to have caused his death, but police ruled the official cause a suicide, and an autopsy suggested strangulation had occurred. Schneider's wife, Cynthia, stated the U.S. intelligence operatives had thoroughly searched their home shortly after her husband passed and made off with at least a third of the family's photographs. She also observed that her husband's lecture materials and notes for his unwritten book on UFOs had also gone missing from his apartment, while his money and valuables had been left untouched. These men's stories prompted more witnesses to emerge and a high-level security officer with the pseudonym T.C., or Thomas Costello, was one of them. He had an Ultra 7 clearance as an insider working at Dulce Base in 1979, but he turned into a whistleblower a decade later. There may be more than seven levels, but I only know of seven, Costello had said about the underground structure in a 1989 interview. But who was Costello? Well, he was in his mid-twenties when he received top-secret training in photography at an underground military facility in West Virginia and worked in high-security photography in the Air Force for seven years. In 1971, he left and went to work for the RAND Corp in Santa Monica, California, and in 1977, Costello was transferred to the Dulce facility, lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and commuted to work via a deep underground tube shuttle system. He had learned of and seen such disturbing things inside the base that, after much inner conflict, he decided to desert the facility and take various items with him in 1979. He took over 30 photos of the multi-level complex's areas, collected documents, and removed a security videotape from the control center. It showed various security camera views of the hallways, labs, aliens, and U.S. government personnel. Then, he shut off the alarm and camera system and one of the over 100 exits to the surface and left the facility for good. He hid the original photos and documents he retrieved after making five sets of copies. Costello was ready to go into hiding, but when he went to pick up his wife and young son, he found a van and government agents waiting. A fellow worker named Kay Lomas had betrayed him. Costello's wife and child had been kidnapped. The agents wanted what he had taken from the facility in exchange for his wife and son's release. When it became apparent to him that his family would be used in biological experiments and were not going to be returned unharmed, he decided to run away for good. But before doing so, he showed the photos, videos, and documents that he had taken to a researcher privately investigating UFO sightings, animal mutilations, the Masonic and Wicca groups in New Mexico. 
Drawings were made out of what the researchers saw and were later circulated in the UFO research community, known as the Dulce Papers. Then in the late 80s, Costello came out of hiding and gave more details about Dulce Base. He reported that the multi-level facility had a central hub which was controlled by base security. The security levels heightened as one descended to lower levels. He knew of seven sub-levels, but there may have been more. Most of the aliens supposedly were on levels 5, 6, and 7, with alien housing on level 5. The only sign in English was over the tube shuttle station hallway, which read, To Los Alamos. Connections go from Dulce to the Page, Arizona facility, then onto an underground base below Area 51 in Nevada. Tube shuttles went to and from Dulce to facilities below Taos and Detal in New Mexico, Colorado Springs and Creed in Colorado, and in Sandia and Carlsbad, New Mexico. Moreover, Costello alleged that there were over 18,000 short grays at Dulce facility, and that he saw reptilian humanoids as well. A colleague had come face-to-face with a six-foot-tall reptoid, which had shown an interest in research maps of New Mexico and Colorado. These maps were full of colored pushpins and markers indicating sites of animal mutilations, caverns, locations of high UFO activity, repeated flight paths, abduction sites, ancient ruins, and suspected alien underground bases. However, The leaked images were later proven as hoaxes, having been copied from the Arnold Schwarzenegger 2000 film The Sixth Day. TheBlackVault.com, which exposed the fake images, said, Multiple online sources and viral posts have circulated the photographs as having been leaked by Costello. Then, shortly after it leaked, he and his family went missing. There is no evidence that I have found that shows that Thomas Costello even exists. Several UFO researchers and conspiracy theorists, as well as political analysts, had their own take on Dulce Base. From 1988 to 1990, American UFO personality John Lear claimed to have received independent confirmation that the base actually existed. In his book, Dark Side Hypothesis, Lear claimed that the U.S. government had recovered all the crashed spaceships on American soil and made a deal with aliens to abduct as many people as they wanted in exchange for their technology. But the U.S. government determined that the aliens didn't keep their part of the deal, and ended up in the Dulce War confrontation in 1978 and 79. Many top U.S. scientists were allegedly killed by the aliens, and the deal between them and the government was broken. But abductions and experiments on humans continued on in secret. In the 1980s, the American government and the aliens made a new deal, and were once again working together. For Mike Rothschild, a leading writer and researcher on conspiracy theories, the existence of Dulce Base is still a gray area. There are no real pictures of it, 
no physical evidence of roads or vents, and no one is claimed with credibility to have worked there, nor known someone used for human experimentation or shot by aliens. The esteemed author wrote, I can't conclusively prove Dulce Base doesn't exist, but nobody can conclusively prove it does. Until that proof emerges from the ground, Dulce will remain a strange story created by troubled dreamers, not a house of alien horrors. Political scientist Michael Barkoon said Cold War underground missile installations dug out in the area gave superficial plausibility to the Dulce base myth. He said claims about experiments on abductees and the alleged shootout put the Dulce legend well outside even the most far-fetched reports of secret underground bases. Despite this, Dulce residents continue to claim that their town remains a hotbed of UFO activity, which likely helps keep the myth alive. And such stories perhaps add a rush of excitement to the otherwise mundane life in a quiet and quaint town. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Every Town. Remember, guys, if you want to watch this episode, go check out our YouTube channel called Scary Mysteries. And if you want even more podcasts from us, check out our podcast called Scary Mysteries. Remember to tune in next week for another episode full of scary, strange, and mysterious stories because you never know. Maybe your town will be next. <laughs>